Welcome, friends, to Liberation Lectionary. Uh, I'm Francisco Garcia, coming to you uh, always from Nashville, Tennessee, Episcopal priest and a PhD student out here trying to cause trouble and, and survive. And here always is, is mi compañero. Jamie Edward Dacken, Episcopal priest uh, out in Los Angeles and uh, not a PhD student, but still learning to read. Good for you. Yeah. You know, I think you made the better choice now. <laughs> I'm in the thick of study, so, you know, that's a little twisted here. But, you know, thanks for joining us here for Liberation Lectionary. This is the third Sunday of Easter, um, and we riff on a, on a gospel passage and try to make sense of it and see if we can, uh, you know, discern and, and draw out the good news of liberation um, through through the readings and through the life and witness of Jesus and and um those around him. So we're focusing on Luke 24, uh, 36b through 48. Um, you know, we continue in these sort of uh, resurrection passages, uh, appearance narratives, so, you know, you might consider them. So we'll get into that. Jamie's going to lead us through this passage, and we'll get into this discussion. All right. It's from Luke chapter 24, 36b through 48. Jesus, stood, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, why are you frightened and why do, you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, praise to you. Lord Christ. So we were just talking, Jamie, about how there's so much going on right now um, in terms of, uh, well, especially this, this recent, um, you know, uptick in, in, sh in shootings, um, police-involved shootings of black and brown bodies. And, uh, you know, we're still dealing with the, the Derek Chauvin trial but now we have, you know, the other shooting in in Minnesota, and you're just telling me about something else that happened in Chicago. That you know, learning. <laughs> I just right. learned from you about a young 13-year-old um, boy, really, um, Adam Toledo. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, and I was kind of sharing the what here in in Tennessee. It, this has been kind of a rough week, and there's been a, a kind of a string of 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 shootings and you know violence that happened and and for different reasons um 
you know, one of them impacting sort of our, our union family. Um, so uh, a, a double homicide. And so just, you know, just a name that as we enter into trying to explore this passage of, uh, you know, uh, a resurrection appearance, um, sometimes it's hard to find the good news to, to, and we have to really, you know, sit with it and wrestle with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, as I mentioned, you know, I was still trying to work some of these things out and I mentioned this last time, but you know, there, I'm, I'm struck by this invitation to experience, um, to really experience Jesus, the, you know, the resurrected Jesus, the, um, the authentic Jesus, uh, that there's this invitation put out by, um, you know, first John in his gospel into his community and his telling of how Jesus, uh, you know, kind of says it and does it. And then Luke here, and both of these are happening at least a generation after, you know, Jesus has died. But, and so you, I imagine that there is uh, like today, right? This desire to really intimately get close to the divine as close as we can to really experience it in God and all God's fullness. And, and, and as far as I can tell, the invitation is to touch the wounds, right? To touch, to come close and touch the wounds of a body that suffered an unjust death, right? That was put to death by empire, by power, by imbalanced power, you know, structures, uh, and, un and unjustly condemned to death in Jesus's case. And in the case of, you know, the people we mentioned of Adam Toledo and, and Dante Wright and, and just the unfortunately countless others before them. And, and so there is this, there's this mystery to me in, the, in this invitation, right? Like this, if you, if you wanna know about God and about what, who God is and what is most important to God, first of all, you've got to locate God. And, and we locate God in these passages, according to Jesus, right? In the wounds of the body that was suffered an unjust death. So, you know, how do we then get close to these different unjust deaths that are happening around us that have hap happened historically? Um, not for self-serving purposes, but as a way of, you know, understanding, right? What God is all about and where God is and, and, and how God is and, and um, you know. And as we locate God and, and try to see God in these places, then where might the, the seeds of liberation, right? you know, be, right? Because it's not always apparent. And sometimes it's, there isn't, there's no guarantee, right? And, and this is, it's like, um, sometimes it's just, just survival is enough because sometimes survival isn't even guaranteed, right? Or longevity, right? I think about Dr. King's, you know, speech that he gave the night before he was assassinated. Like he kind of knew something was coming, right? right. Um, he knew that his day, that he had, you know, he had already received a number of death threats in his, throughout his, his, his time doing the work. But he felt it, right? And it was palpable. He, he, you know, he said, longevity, right? Who wouldn't want to live a long life, right? right. Everybody right. wants that, you know? Right. But I, you know, and he gives this famous, I've seen, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen. Channels Moses. On the other yeah. side, we'll get there somehow. Even if I might not get there with you, but we'll get there. So right. sometimes the pathway to liberation doesn't include 
us, but includes sort of like the seeds we plant for others, right? And I mean, this is Jesus, right? This is Jesus' story. And, and, right. and still, this, this passage tells us something, right? Because kind of like last week's passage from John, um, the disciples were terrified, right? They still were making sense of what had happened to their beloved teacher, right? right. Um, and, and, they, and when they saw him, they, it says they thought they were seeing a ghost. Right. Um, and so the t- he has to sort of come at them and be like, well, well, here I am, and it's still me. And yeah, I'm here in the flesh and blood. Here, let me show you. I'm kind of, you know, give me a piece of fish there. <laughs> right? I love the line where it says, while in their joy, they were disbelieving and still wondering. I, uh, it's just such a, like, a, there's a dissonant, like, aspect to that sentence. You know, while they were celebrating, they were still disbelieving and, you know, and not understanding and still wondering. And I think that gives us great permission, right, you know, to, uh, to try to connect with the joy, even if we can't uh, lock down a kind of a rational understanding of uh, what God is up to in this passage or in any kind of resurrection experience, right? That, that uh, you know, yeah. we might come across, encounter. Um, well, so, you know, that's, to me that, I mean, because of what's going on right now, we, we talked about that, uh, Francisco, and, um, you know, I, I really don't even know what more to say about that particular aspect, but I just feel drawn and I hope we all feel drawn to um and and kind of in a in a similar experience of the disciples we we have to kind of um, come close to those things that we fear and are terrified by right Mm -hmm. and it's this violence and this the injustice of uh the injustice of this violence and um just the the sadness and the just like you know just the gut-wrenching um yeah, I don't even know what to say, but it's we, we can't walk away from it. This passage will not let us walk away from those experiences. We have to walk towards those experiences in order to find, to, to you know, at least in order to find the beginning of the path to liberation, right? Or those mm-hmm. seeds of liberation that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Or, the you know, where, you know, it even feels weird saying this, but where might we kind of stumble across good news as we approach such uh, horror and injustice and um, fairness and pain and violence and um, and not just in these occasions, but it should open us up to the historical nature of you know this how it's just a string, an endless string of you know Adam Toledo's and Dante writes and um, so I don't know what else to say yeah. about that, but. Um, just that the grief is, you know, is palpable and, and it's, it needs to be, um, it needs to be known. It needs to be, you know, it can't be put away. And sometimes that's channeled through, you know, pouring out onto the streets, mm-hmm. right? In, in, in anger and in, 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 and in grief and trying to channel that towards right. some, some sense of building you know the 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 spiritual strength the collective strength to to begin to transform unjust situations and systems right yeah um and you know we see the response like uh that that comes from the state right the response of 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 military militarized police and tanks and when 
when really what should be out there is a, a you know like chaplains and social workers and and right. and past congregation the congregation the band should be out there and there should be and singing and you know just yeah I just get the it. response is just so telling about how as a as a culture as, as a dominant culture we're not equipped for for responding to to the deep systemic racism and 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 the violence the the way it shows up in this perpetual violence especially on black and brown bodies you know it's 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 met with more violence right the viol right. the threat of more violence right. and so how do we get out of this cycle right um how do we get out of the cycle and 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 what could you know what could uh, the life of faith um teach us right what could observing this teacher um you know of jesus and the call to follow right what what might it teach us and how's how have we been maybe thinking or going about following those who those who profess to follow jesus in this country right you know how might have we been going about it the wrong way there's an article uh recently in sojourners uh about what you know about millennial and younger gen i guess gen zers is really what they're saying activists like uh blm Matt activists and others you know what do they need from the church you know and mm -hmm. um and it was about this kind of uh, coming out right coming out of the buildings and getting into the streets and coming and being in solidarity with uh and and approaching these things right coming close to these things that are happening and uh and 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 it just made me think of, you know, how uh, we try to do action, right? When we're, uh, we try to look um, distinct in two ways. Uh, one, we look different from a lot of churches when we're out in the street. And we also look different from some of the activists that are out there too, in the mm -hmm. sense that we come representing faith and openly and clearly. And, and we practice too, uh, we try to practice church out there uh, in our actions too, and by that I mean we we try to blur the lines between liturgy and protest, or liturgy and political action, or civil disobedience, or whatever. And um, and we it made me think of um, you know Bobby Castle. I don't know if you've seen the movie My Cousin mm -hmm. Bobby by Jonathan mm -hmm. Demi, mm -hmm. and it's about his cousin Bob Castle, who's an Episcopal priest in Harlem, who actually Suzanne and I, my wife. We went and uh, and did like a January term in seminary in Harlem. Oh wow! And and uh, he was all about um, the movie. You'll see in the movie how he does this, but he would have uh, he would move Sunday services out into the middle of an intersection in Harlem where there was a big, you know, like a pothole, like a big hole in the street that had grown, and the the city authorities didn't care, and people were getting hurt, and pe you know, and all this kind of stuff, and. But because they were, you know, poor black and brown people, uh, they weren't getting any attention. So he would just move the altar out there. They'd move the altar, the alt, you know, the altar party out there. They'd bring the congregation. They'd pass out bulletins, you know, around uh, to the community that were just walking by and passing by. And they just literally would set the altar right in the middle of the uh you know, in the intersection, then they call the media and then they just wait for the police, you know, to kind of try to shut things down. But um, I kind of feel like that's, that's where, church, you know, that's like, that's where church needs to be. We need to, yeah. so, so, you know, what does 
Adam Toledo and his his family at this point, or Dante Wright and you know his family and and all those. What do they need from us, the church? Well, they need us to get out of the damn church building for the for to start with, right? To get yeah. out and to go touch the wounds, to go get close to the suffering, the in, the unjust suffering, so that we can start to understand, you know, um, their not only their own pain, but how God you know, how God stands so close to them in solidarity. Uh, and, and we can, you know, the church can often feel so distant from God, you know, because it distances itself from uh, that actual pain. So I'm going on my yeah. soapbox now, but no, well, I think it's, I think it's true. I mean, and, and we, and I think for what, what, what the church, what is needed from the church or people who are, you know, feel compelled by faith, if we feel compelled by this, this Jesus that, you know, that died and offered himself in love and solidarity, right, with the least of these, as it says in Matthew, um, and then calls those to follow in the way, um, then yeah, we have to be about the righteous, a sense of righteous anger about what's happening when 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 people are being systematically um, just communities are just being destroyed, right? Yeah. And um, a, vi a vision of church, a vision of, of of community, of belonging, right? Is is the church is 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 a vehicle, as we say, right? And it's not the end all and be all of 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 who we are to be as people of faith, and so what are what are people hearing right on sunday um from the pulpit when things like this keep happening right if we stay silent right what's what does it say about who we are as church right what's the complicity in these systems um if we're not talking about um what what communities um, that have been organizing and working for justice are talking about like you know things like abolition right, right. if we're not part of that conversation of what it means to reimagine public safety in a radically different way, um, right? Or if we're afraid to talk about what it means to defund policing systems and to re and reinvest in communities with with uh, with resources that can help communities flourish, right? Through education, through union jobs, through through community gardens, through you know mental health support. Um, through uh, violence intervention programs, like then what are we about? You know, what are we about? So. Well, the only other point I think I would make, I mean, there's other points to make, but the other thing that stands out for me in this passage is, which I mentioned earlier, and I just love this idea that John Dominic Crossan, you know, really develops uh, in his book on the historical Jesus and, and, um, and, and I think I mentioned this last time, but this idea of just some kind of an open table or what he calls open commensality, right? It's like your, your table, and this is what gets Jesus into trouble, right? Who, who he shares the dinner table with or the breakfast table or, or whatever. And this passage here, uh, you know, the, eating the broiled fish and, and sharing the meal is, it's less interesting to me as somehow that somehow proves this physicality of the body here. I mean, I don't even, I, I'm not, that's not that interesting to me. So, but, um, but what is interesting is this idea that everything seems to happen around this idea of kind of food and fellowship. And even mm -hmm. in the story prior in the same chapter, right? In Luke with the, 
road to Emmaus and, right. uh, and where they encounter, they don't know it's Jesus yet until they share a meal, until they welcome Jesus into, into their home and they break bread. And, and, uh, and here it's this, you know, eating fish and sharing a meal together. And, and I love how the thing that got Jesus into trouble uh, during his lifetime is the thing that continues to be the space of revelation, right? A space of, of kind of a new understanding, epiphanies. And it's the space for us too, right? I mean, if you think of the road to Emmaus in this passage, these are simply the same out shape that we use for liturgy, right? Yeah. Uh, where we come and count, you know, we encounter Jesus. There's this kind of learning piece that happens. There's this eating part that happens. Then there's this kind of, uh, you know, kind of sending off, you know, to be witnesses, to proclaim, to be witnesses of these things. Mm -hmm. And the same pattern happens with uh, the road to Emmaus, just in the first half of this chapter, it happens again here. Um, and so I'm, I'm struck by, I guess I'm making two points, this idea of this open table as a microcosm of the larger you know, how Jesus is challenging the norms at the, at the dinner table, but he's really, it's really challenging the societal norms of how, you know, hierarchy and power dynamics and who's included, who's excluded at the table and all that kind of stuff and, or from society. Um, and then, uh, and then there's this interesting aspect of how the, this is the shape of our liturgy, but not necessarily liturgy for a church. It's like, it's the shape of life, right? It's the shape yeah. of how we encounter Jesus. It's and, the, uh, the liturgical aspects of life and the liturgical right. and how in our, in our Episcopal tradition of the sacramental, right? Like how we make, how we make visible and concrete what we call those, those inward spiritual signs, right? Right. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. what I, that's jumps out at me. And, um, and it kind of, I guess this idea of open table just makes, you know, that we can be, we don't have to be an activist. It can start at home, right? You yeah. can, I mean, it's still as, I guess it's still as uh, radical to, if you think about it, you know, that the dinner table is still that place where, you know, it's, I don't know what it is about it, but you can really, you can, if you can change your dinner table, like who's welcome at your table, you yeah. really can. Uh, it's a, that's how you change society. Right? You practice uh, radical inclusion and, and, and democratic oh. egalitarian practices, right? That's hey, right. since I'm in Nashville, when you were talking about that, what came up for me is the song by, you know, the, do you know the High Women? I don't. They were kind of like an offshoot of the, you know, the High Women, you know, that <laughs> back in the day. I know, I know some country music. This Mexican knows some country music. Dude, you know all music. music. You know I say that you know all music. But only the good stuff, right? Not like this <laughs> cheesy stuff. Anyway, but so the high women have the song called uh, Crowded Table, which became a really big song in the last year or two. And one of the lyrics, it says, I want a house with a crowded table and a place by the fire for everyone. Um, let's take on the world while we're young and able and bring us back together when the day is done. So... Um, the idea of the crowded table, right? You, you can do amazing work, you know, and it could be an organizing metaphor too, right? Um, we, we, yeah. th th that we build the table together, we make space together, we fellowship together, we live and thrive together. Well, you know, I, I grew up around a crowded table. So I have, you know, you know that, you know, friends, I have 10 siblings and I grew up with three foster siblings too that were in our house triplets. Uh, with my parents so they're you know they're typically on a 
dinner almost every night, there was 16 people around the table at least, right? That was just the baseline. And uh, so around this oval, we had a big oval table. We didn't have chairs, we had benches. And, uh, and that is, to me, that is a vision of the kingdom, right? That is kind of the vision of um, what could be, you know, and what can't, what is in, in many respects. So I love that crowded table. That's, I can totally relate to that. All right, you're gonna have to check the song out. It'll preach. It'll preach. Well, Francisco, I I think that's all I got today. What do you you got anything else or I think we're good. Well, you want to take us on out of here and we'll, well make resurrection happen out there every day, friends. Seek right. new life and plant those seeds of liberation. Practice resurrection. I like that. Get close, touch those wounds. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.